Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Good morning. Hi, David. Eric, good morning. I'm happy to be continuing our series on growing your business through a downturn. Yes. I think we've recorded a few good episodes on this already. So folks, if you have not yet seen those, if you're just joining us for the first time right now, you may want to go, actually, you should go back to the beginning and listen to everything we've done. (laughs) But if you don't have time for that right now, at least go back two episodes. This episode, I think, stands alone. But I think if you listen to the last three, it'll kind of set the stage for what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, because we really were focusing, David, on growing during a downturn and Sometimes with the headwinds and everything that's going on, they can get to be so turbulent that we may not be able to grow, but we got to be able to figure out how do we sustain ourselves through that. And so we're kind of looking at this with a little bit sharper lens, so to speak, on some of the other things that we could be looking at to make sure that we get through that downturn that we're in right now. Absolutely. Maybe, Maybe, obviously... It's clear that there's some other things going on right now today that are yes. considerable other headwinds that appear to be on the horizon, so to speak. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that real quick. Absolutely. So growing, always preferable to not growing. But like you said, sometimes in the midst of a downturn, sustaining is just what you need to do to get to the growth. Right. Until you figure out where you're going to fit in this new way of serving customers. So. And Eric, just to throw out what's going on right now, and again, I know someone was listening to this as soon as we release the episode. Someone else will be listening years from now. So here we are, February of 2023. A couple of headlines just came out. U.S. credit card debt jumps 18.5% and hits a record $930.6 billion. So just under a trillion, not far from that. That's a few days ago. And I saw another one this morning said now it's up to 931, a little over 931. So U.S. credit card debt moving up, right? And then if we look to, there's another one out there uh, about the same time frame about auto loan delinquencies rising. In December, auto loan delinquencies, December of 22, they were up 26.7% over December of 2021. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty significant increase. So what does this tell us? Well, people have been having probably trouble for some time with inflation, right? So when inflation first goes up, when your groceries first get 15, 20% more expensive, you can weather that for a little while by using your credit card. Most people, their credit limits are not that high. It might be $10,000, $20,000, $30,000. The people with larger credit balances than that, that's not the mainstream person. And so for a little while, for several months, actually, you can add $500 a month to your credit card balance, you know, and, and get right. through it <laughs> until right. you hit the limit. Yep. And then you've got a problem, right? And so is that what we're seeing? Are we are we seeing now that end of that road? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, um, and like you said, once you hit those limits and you start to get to a, 
a capacity limitation on the amount of additional debt that people can take on or are willing to take on, then they start to cut back. So it's like, right. it'd be nice to figure out no on the front end so you don't have to do it, but then you don't have any choice. You don't have the other options or they're not so good options that are out there. Right. So now that starts to exacerbate things and we start to see purchasing activity and other things go down at the same time that the repayment is not happening either. Right. So it's a double negative. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think let's, so at that point, if you're a business and, and I guess, Eric, we're going to watch this closely. You know, we don't know again, if you ever find tomorrow's wall street journal, call me immediately. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we certainly see there's some signs here. So if you're a business and you're seeing, wow, a mass amount of consumers here could be getting close to hitting their limits. Yeah. And they've only done what they've done recently on borrowed time, right? right? There could be a reduction spending coming. Yeah. And so let's talk about, like you said, let's go back to your comment, Eric, about, okay, in a downturn, let's say your business, your, the downturn comes, and now you're thinking about, okay, you have to do some preservation while you pivot, right? While you figure out how you're going to serve people next. So let's talk about that. How okay. do you preserve cash? Well, and it's if you look at that, it, this is potentially a little bit of a double whammy, right? Because your cash inflows or your revenues may be going down or potentially are going to be going down in short order. And at the same time, your expenses are rising. Mm-hmm. And so it's there's certain things that we can do operationally to fix that. It's difficult to fix the demand side of the equation in those circumstances, but we can look to our cost side of the equation and see it's not always the most palatable, but sometimes that's what you have to do. That you know, as a business owner, rather than be like some of these consumers that just keep punting down the road. You know, we should be more, much more proactive. We should mm-hmm. be actively going and doing the things that we can so that we don't get into that panic situation at the end of the day. So really the cash cycle mm-hmm. is, and there's two aspects of the cash cycle. There's a revenue cycle, there's an expense cycle. And then where are the cash flows associated with that? ARAP. ARAP. I think those are the things that we can make some adjustments mm-hmm. to, Absolutely. modifications to. And so- on the AR cycle, that even if you're getting headwinds on your revenues and they're starting to come down a little bit or you're expecting that they're going to come down a little bit, you can still look at, well, what is on my accounts receivable and is there anything that I can do to collect on that accounts receivable sooner? Absolutely. Um, and maybe some people have flipped. Maybe we could talk about some of the things that we might be able to do. I think it's a little bit different if it's the consumer-driven type of receivables. Mm-hmm. If it's business-driven types of receivables, there might be some other things that This that is not do. the time to be asleep at the wheel it's, on this accounts is not, receivable. You know, watching your accounts receivable, mm-hmm. watching your days in accounts receivable. What's the number of days right. it's taking you to collect for any of you who are not all front-end loaded on your receipts, but you're having to actually build that right. out and collect it over time. And I find, too, that relationship with your customers is Ooh. so critical in this. I mean, on the one hand, it's math, but on the other hand, it's not math. Yes. It's relationship. And when your customers have very little cash and they have to dole out, maybe they've got only enough cash to pay 50% of what they owe to of their bills out there. The human side of them 
is tends to pay the people they have the strongest relationships yeah. with first. Yeah. Right. So this is this is not the only reason to have good relationships with your customers. It shouldn't be a selfish reason to get paid. No. But here's a nice benefit of when we yeah. do have good relationships yeah. with our customers. Yeah. They tend to pay us more if they have to choose who to pay, not to pay. They usually pay the people they have good relationships with. Well, yeah. Or and, and this is just also human nature is if I have 10 vendors out there that I owe and two of them are calling me regularly, whether it's through good relationship or mm-hmm. they're just regularly communicating mm-hmm. with me about it versus eight that are just not, I'm going to probably deal with the right. two that are calling me every day and disrupting squeaky me. Wheel. Yeah, squeaky wheel. Yeah, squeaky wheel. You know, and that's difficult for some people because they don't like doing it. But I, we're saying, hey, for the benefit of your business, for the benefit of its sustainability mm-hmm. in this time frame, get more active there on your communications with your customers. And so to throw a metric out, D's sales outstanding, DSO, as we often see it shortened to, that everyone should be watching their DSO right now, right? And certainly there's some businesses that we know of where DSO is starting to creep up, right? And that narrative would make a little bit of sense with what we hear about credit card debt yeah. getting hot, right? right? Is that suddenly people are struggling to pay a little bit. It's starting to creep up a little bit. It's important to watch. It doesn't mean we panic, but we say, oh, let's watch this. Let's be more proactive. Let's focus on those relationships. Right. And Eric, let's go to the other side yeah. there, which is accounts payable. Right. This is an area that I see a lot of business owners overlook as a way to get cash to get through a short-term, not forever, but short-term yeah. challenge. Right? Right. A lot of us say, I get a bill in from my vendor, a supplier, and I will just pay it. Well, if that bill has 30-day terms, and I'm usually paying in 15 days, then I can bring cash into my business, sometimes on a, a significant amount of cash, depending yeah. on how big my business is, by not paying in 15 days anymore, but paying in 30 days. 30 days. Right. Right? It's instant free financing that I get. And we can even go beyond the 30 days, yeah. right? And this also requires strong relationships, strong communication. But some people ask, well, how far do I go, right? How much do I push my vendors? If I have 30-day terms, I just start paying them in 100 days? <laughs> Probably not, not right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's often a balance between, can I pay them a little late versus at some point, here's how it works. At some point, they just shut you off. And especially if it's a critical vendor, at the time they shut you off, your business is over, right? That's right. But usually there's some middle ground here where they don't shut you off, but they start giving you not preferred pricing. And they also start giving you not preferred materials, right? right? So if they've got 10 (laughs) widgets in the warehouse and one of them's a little tarnished, and yeah. you never pay on time. Guess who's getting guess the tarnished one? The tarnished one. Right? That's right. Which then right. then affects your ability to yeah. create protect your brand with your customers on the AR side, and they right. don't want to pay. So right. so right. So we have to make sure. But but there's often, and at least in the short run, an opportunity here to use your vendors to finance you. This is interest free financing. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think sometimes somebody says, "Whoa, hold on a second. What you're telling me to do is I need to go get my customers to." pay me better and have good relationships and not stretch it out any further. But then you're, you're saying mm-hmm. on the other side, wait, but you go ahead and stretch it as mm-hmm. much as you possibly can. And so somebody might say, you know, from an integrity standpoint, is that okay? Mm-hmm. You're a hypocrite. Well, yes. Yeah, you're, you're a hypocrite. And I say, look, the reality is here is these are all valid ways that you can do it. And I'm with you, David. Focusing on the communication and being transparent and open 
to me, is the best way to work through that and, and work through those integrity issues and challenges. Hopefully you have some integrity challenges with that. But if you're being a disciplined business person and, you know, you're not, here's the non-integrity way to deal with this mm-hmm. is, as you said, oh, I've, what I'm going to do is I need some more supplies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a lot more mm-hmm. of these supplies, put it on my inventory, and then I'm not going to pay the guy. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to ride that as long as I possibly can, and I'm going to protect myself that way. That to me is not an integrity play. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're just you need a little bit of more extra time, and you're being disciplined in your business, and you're doing everything that you possibly can, then working both sides of that equation to me, it's a balancing act. But it's what we should be doing. Absolutely. And Eric, just to focus on that just a little bit more, because I know that certainly can strike a nerve with some people to say, wait, I agreed to pay in 30 days. I have to pay in 30 days. We're not talking about normal circumstances here and not that morality changes when we're in abnormal circumstances. No, But it could be the case where if you should pay that bill, your business no longer exists, right? We're talking about a time where cash is that tight, where you actually have to do things to preserve this business to make sure it can live to be able to pay, to grow and to pay this vendor back the rest of the money that you owe them. So again, it doesn't mean morality is gone because things are tight, but it does mean this is when I have a dialogue with the vendor. Right. And right. And we say, look, I'm not able to send you this money right now. Here's what I can do. Yeah. I can't do this. I can do this. Yes. I can send you a little bit today. I can send you the rest tomorrow. And by doing this, What I'm doing is I'm making sure that my business continues so that I can pay you the entire amount I owe in full because I'll still be here. Yes. Right. That's not that's not a less integrous. What's the word? Does that might be a word? We need a thesaurus. You're always always coming up with a new word. Conversation. I don't know if it's it's usually a real word or it's a sniglet, but you know, it's all right. Maybe I made a new word. Yeah. I'm I'm all for that. I like it. Yes. (laughs) It's a less integrous conversation. It isn't, right? It it could be, this is a genuine dialogue in a challenging time with the stakeholders in your business. Your vendors are one of the stakeholders about how do we make sure we all continue and get through. Right? Yes, exactly. So I think, Eric, we've got there some clear things. We t- wanted to talk today, folks, about making sure you can preserve to get through to the growth. We're going to talk more about growth in the next episode, actual top-line revenue growth, some cool ways to do it. But you know, just to recap, we covered, obviously, clearly, to the extent you can cut expenses, that's the easy one that everyone thinks about. But AR and AP, managing those great, great ways to really preserve cash to get yeah, you through. shorten the cash cycle yeah. wherever you can. And, and also, let's just leave people with, this is short term, right? You rarely, can you run your days payable DPO up to 120 days? Maybe for a month or two. Even that you might not be able to do, just depends on what industry you're in, what your relationship with your vendors. But I've talked to some business owners like, hey, we've been at 120 for four months. So like in our forecasting models, we'll just keep it there. Because obviously our customers, like, no, no, no. Our vendors are okay with this. Like, no, they're not. I guarantee you. You're on a list. You are on a list. And you are on the brink of being cut (laughs) off, right? This is is not strategy, right? This is short-term tactic. And you've got to get this. You've got to have a cash plan to get this number down. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, we'll wrap there. Folks, just as a reminder, we have seen our audience has been growing, which is exciting. Gives us more energy to do this. Please do tell your friends about us. Please do subscribe. That helps us get the word out to more people. We do this because we love doing it. Eric and I have said many times, we will, 
even if no one was listening, <laughs> this helps us collect our thoughts and exactly. just, uh, but if we can contribute to one business growing, being stronger, not having to shut down, it becomes all worth what we do and here. Sometimes just going back on, on some of that, I've actually been doing that or pointing people or have a conversation and they're talking about, you know, I've got this issue. It's like, Hey, go back to yeah. this. Hey, listen episode. to episode eight, yeah. right? And, and then it's related like to what so you just said. I mean, we have good topics, uh, titles, so that you can kind of pick and choose if there's something yeah. that piques your interest. And also, podcast at emergedynamics.com. If you want to request a topic, we have so much we can talk about. If there's a topic <laughs> you want us to talk about or unpack, we'll do it. Send us a message. If you think we're wrong about something, I'm sure it's happened before. Send uh, us a message. Yeah, let us know that too. <laughs> and uh, we would love to hear from you. So with that, we'll wrap. We'll see you next time for some fun growing by acquisition in a downturn. Nice. Nice.